Hello and welcome to Neither the Time Nor the Space, a podcast about Doctor Who, Torchwood and Sarah Jane Adventures. My name is Matt, it's 2024, so I do the intro now. And I am joined, <laughs> as always, by the newly birthed and tragically abandoned David. <laughs> Hello everyone. Belated Happy New Year. Happy New Year, everyone. Happy New Year, David. Yeah. Yeah. Um this is a this is a bit later than uh I think some of us would have liked. Yeah. But yep. uh yeah. Sorry, everyone. It was my fault for not really planning properly and um, being far too busy yeah. for the first sort of week of the new year. So, uh, yeah. Uh, if you want to know, Matt, because I don't think I told you in detail what, what my excuse was. Um, basically, uh, last week we were having the house rewired and it was also my brother's 40th. So I was away on a three day weekend. Oh, nice. You just told me you were so, going away. Um, yeah, no, that that was it. I, I was I was going away to drink beer in a cabin I, in the woods. Am I right in thinking your brother's name is also Matt? That is correct. Yes. Happy birthday, Matt! I don't think I've ever I met your he brother. Doesn't listen. I've maybe seen him in passing no, once. You, you, the thing is, you'd get on because he's. I mean, he's a massive nerd. So, yeah, opposites know, attract, cut, don't cut they? Because I'm I'm such a cool guy. <laughs> um, if I say we were we were down in Sherwood Forest, so of course one of the things we did on uh, on his birthday was pop into Nottingham and go to Warhammer World. Oh, you lucky duck! Yeah. Um, now, speaking as someone who does not play Warhammer, I've got to admit. It, it's not a bad way to spend an afternoon. Oh, like some of the painting, some of the dioramas are just insane. Yeah, that that in particular, that one that's in like a stairwell. Yeah. And it's like two stories high. That's the one where you have to swap Flipping the egg. assassin. And if you find him, they give you yes. that model. And the day I went, yeah. I was looking for him for about half an hour. And they went, oh, yeah, mate, it's Sunday. We don't do it today. <laughs> that is not made clear on the signage. No, no. Oh, I'm so yeah. jealous. You didn't tell me that. No, I didn't. I was saving it for the pod. Um, but yeah, I mean, the, th- the thing I ha- the trouble I have with Warhammer, right, is I'm interested in the lore. I love the, you know, the aesthetics and the world building. Um, basically everything other than the game itself. Yeah. You need to read some books. You need to play some computer games, something like that. Yeah, yeah. I think possibly. I, I think books might be my way in at some point. Mm. Um, I mean, there's talk of television stuff as well, and you know, maybe maybe I'll give that a whirl eventually. But um, yeah, I, 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 I've. The trouble is, my brother's been into Warhammer right since we were kids, mm-hmm. and he basically put me off Warhammer for life by forcing me to play it before I was emotionally mature enough to handle it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I've always had a bit of a mental block when it comes to Warhammer ever since. But, you know, it's... I, I mean, at this point, it's practically a British institution, right? Yeah. Yeah. It, it yeah. got big in lockdown because there was nothing else to do. 
Yeah, which is ironic because, you know, it is something that you do need at least one other person in the room with you to play. Yeah. But I guess you could do all the modelling stuff on your own, can't yeah. you? Heavens knows I did. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, so, uh, we, I don't yeah. think we've spoken since I maybe sent you a message saying Merry Christmas. Like, how was Christmas? How was New Year? Oh, it was lovely. It was lovely. First, first Christmas in the new house, mm. which was uh, really special. Not going to lie. It was, you know, uh, I mean, little Zorb said it was the best Christmas ever. Oh. So I will take that at face value. I will not, not probe any further into that. Though, of course, it does set the bar unrealistically high for next year. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess this year now, but um, yeah, yeah. How was your Christmas? Because you you were over in Blighty, didn't weren't you? Uh, for four days. Yeah, it, yeah. It's all I fancied, really. Um, so I came home. Um, <laughs> basically, met, met my brother, his wife, and kids at the cinema. Watched Home Alone in the cinema, which was nice. Uh, then yep. went back to his house, and I was so tired, I fell asleep. Had a day with my mum and yep. dad. Had Christmas Day, all my family. Had Boxing Day, and then flew home. But fair enough. I'm glad I did fly home because New Year's Eve in Bucharest was insane. Yeah, go on. Um, is this is this Matt's guide to Romania for this week? Um, it, it could be. It could be. I've got a couple of other points I'll make on that front. Um, <laughs> So, literally, at about half eleven, it sounded like the world was ending. Uh, we looked out <laughs> from the balcony, and the sky was ablaze with fireworks. Then it struck uh-huh. midnight, and it was deafening. Um, we were up on a balcony on, I think, about the eighth floor, overlooking the city, mm-hmm. and people in the street were trying to shoot fireworks up at us. Uh, apparently, that's the done thing over here. <laughs> Um, Great. All... Well, just tr- try try and murder your yeah. fellow countrymen. Yeah. Also, Great. people were shooting down from balconies at people in the street. Uh, I saw someone throw a firework under a car just for a laugh. <laughs> um, yeah, it was absolute. It was like the purge. <laughs> and the worst bit was, because I was really oh. drunk at about two o'clock, I just thought, nah, I don't fancy sleeping on the sofa. I'm going to get a taxi home. So I got a taxi home through it uh-huh. all as well. That was pretty carnage. Yeah, I can imagine. Uh, well, my my heart goes out to the dogs and cats of you uh, of uh, Bucharest. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, uh, doesn't sound like they had a lovely evening, does it? No, no. Well, I don't think anyone had a lovely evening. Like trying to go to sleep, and it just sounds like <laughs> that a wasn't machine the gun fire outside your window. <laughs> Do you want to know how me and? Uh, my family spent New Year's Eve. Hooter nanny. Hooter nanny. Hooter nanny. Wow. We talked about that. Uh, we were like, it doesn't yeah. matter that we might die. This is better than the hooter nanny. <laughs> I mean, the thing is, anything's better than the hooter nanny. But that's also genuinely what I find to be the charm of it. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, my partner and I, 
we're fairly introverted people. We don't want to go out partying. And um, it's like there is a comforting naffness to it. Yeah. So it's a genuine ritual that we just plonk ourselves on the sofa, watch the first half an hour or so of a hootenanny. About ten minutes past midnight, we say, oh, that's probably enough of that. Yeah. <laughs> and go to bed. Little Zorbs insisted on staying up. Okay. He made it he made it to half eleven. We all got snuggled on the sofa to sit down and start watching the Hootenanny. Didn't even make it into the first song. Really? Jules's introduction just just put him straight to sleep. <laughs> oh, wow. Little bit of boogie woogie piano like, really, really sent him Exactly. Up. Yeah. He was just like he just took one look at this little homunculus trotting around, rabbiting on about New Year's. Couple of bars of boogie woogie and he was done. Um, so uh, in, in keeping with, you know, my guide to Bucharest, you Romania, yes. I, I've got two little stories I think you're going to enjoy. Go on then. Okay. And I'm going to give you the titles and you can choose. Option number one is called Inner Peace and Happiness. And mm-hmm. number two is just New Year's Resolution. Let's go. I mean, let's go New Year's resolution because this is technically our New Year's episode, even though it's coming two weeks into twenty twenty four. Right. Well, I, I'm not really a big one for New Year's resolutions. Like, I don't think, oh, I'm going to lose weight or anything like that. But you might remember a few years ago, I challenged myself to drink a hundred beers, hundred different beers. You certainly did in a year. Yeah. Well, this year. My goal is to watch a hundred movies that I haven't seen before. I realised last uh... year with the move and everything, I missed out on a lot of movies. So a hundred movies I've never seen before. It's a reasonable goal. Are you uh, like keeping a note of them? Are you writing reviews or anything? Uh, well, someone I, I'm very close with, David, who'll remain nameless, yep. loves a spreadsheet. So, uh-huh. so, yes. so I've actually kept a little spreadsheet of Excellent. the films I've watched. Yeah, that's that's my goal is to keep it updated. So at this point, let me just upload said spreadsheet. I still haven't really mastered this new Mac yet. I've watched one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. It says ten. I'm certain I've watched more. Hold on one. Two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. You, right. you know spreadsheets can count for you. That's that's part of the appeal. Uh, well, I've watched ten movies so far, apparently. Ah, um, oh, not bad going. Okay. Uh, so there's two ways we can do this. I can either just talk about the best one, or you can pick a random number between one and ten, and I'll talk about that film. You know I'm going to go random, don't you? Okay. Know. I'm going with... Oh, I wish I had a D10 to hand. But <laughs> it would take too too much scrambling about. Um, let's go eight. Eight. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. The Creator, watched on the 14th of January 2024, scored eight out of ten. 
it's a good one, isn't it? I saw that in the cinema. Oh, and, uh, I think you're the only other out. person I know that's seen it. It was decent, wasn't it? It's really good. It, it was yeah. like an old-fashioned I... war film, but they were just fighting robots. Exactly. I was I was going to say, like, I think pe- some people came out of it disappointed because they thought it was going to be like a warning about the perils of AI and it was really timely and stuff. But the, the AI thing was really just an excuse, a, a, a sci-fi hook on which to hang what is essentially a classic bit of... Uh, yeah, just anti-war film. Mm. It's it's all just about like, hey, America, maybe don't swan into other countries and act like you're the world's police force. Exactly. Maybe that's a bit rum. Exactly. <laughs> but you... but it does it does it in a really interesting, engaging way. Yeah, I had a great time with it. I liked it. I liked it. It's the second yeah. best film I've watched so far this year. Have you watched the uh, the new animated? TMNT. That is film movie. number one, watched on the 11th of January. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem scored six out of ten. Ooh, that's low. Did, did it not quite click with you? It, it was all right, wasn't it? Like, I just did, I I ju- It was better than all right for me. I just didn't like the bit where a rat kisses a cockroach. That really soured it for me. <laughs> I think it's one of those things that it's either going to be slightly off-putting as a film or just like exactly what... For me, it was like it was exactly what I wanted out of a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie. Right? I, I think I really liked the interaction of the four turtles. I, yeah. The plot was a bit whatever. Oh, it was. But I, I think for me... What it did was it effectively captured the feeling I got from watching the cartoon when I was a kid in the 90s, in that it was just gross and weird and slightly confusing and, uh, you know, just all of that. But it managed to do that and then repackage that in a way that felt fresh and engaging and modern. But uh, yeah, so it, it kind of it worked for you on that, that level. It was more about like vibe and tone mm. and nature of the execution than it was about the story, which, as you say, was very just by the numbers. But then also, you know, it's it's an adaptation of like a 90s kids cartoon. How how complex a story do you really expect from it? Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Apologies, by the way, listeners. I'm getting over a cold at the moment. I don't know whether Matt will will, will bother to uh, edit out all of my snotting. But, nah, uh, probably not. I'm going to edit this tomorrow at work and make it look like I'm working. <laughs> so yeah, that's my New Year's resolution. Um, we'll check in every week. Um, <coughs> awesome. Uh, are you are you are you are you sticking with like more recent stuff, or are you are there any like sort of any classics you want to tick off the list? Right. Well, let me read you the list because you'll notice a bit of a theme here. Okay. Okay. So in order, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem. Then I watched Dragon Ball Super, Superhero. Uh-huh. Then I watched Barbie. That's the best film I've seen this year, by the way, by miles. Uh, <coughs> then Ghostbusters Afterlife. Uh-huh. Then Shazam Fury of the Gods. Yep. Then Dragon Ball Z Cooler's Revenge. 
Okay, yeah. Dragon Ball Z, Return of Cooler. Dragon Ball Z Fusion Reborn. <laughs> I, would, yep. I, I had a day where I just watched... I, I'm going to watch all the Dragon Ball films as well. Uh, I see. Then I watched The Creator. Um, and then this is kind of cheating because I said it was new films. But uh, I watched a film. I might have even talked about this on pod. But it's from 1995. And when I was young, it was one of my favorite films. Like, I remember uh-huh. renting it from Blockbuster but then it never got released on DVD in Britain. But right. it is on streaming in Romania. So I watched a film called Angus, uh, which is a really, really good film, but you just can't get it in the UK. Okay. I don't think you're familiar with that. Oh, it's really good. Yeah. Uh, so you're not you're not necessarily digging into like older stuff so much then? Uh, well, I've just got a list of Dragon movies Balls. of like things I need to yeah. watch that came out last year that I haven't watched. Like, I right. haven't watched the new Matrix film. I haven't watched Creed three. I haven't watched Rebel Moon. Haven't watched Knock at the Cabin. There's just a list of films I'm going to work my way through. Yeah, if you want, so uh, um, can I check? Matt? Have you ever seen Time Bandits? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. But I might. Do that when oh, I good. watch some old classic films I can barely remember. Just throw that in there. Yeah, yeah, because I—that's my go-to. If like if people haven't seen it, like that's just a film that deserves to be watched mm. and not forgotten about. Yeah. Um. Uh, do you want to hear a story about how right. I achieved inner peace? Yeah, go on. Right. Well, chuck it in there. Y- the just, sto- one second, I'll, I'm just going to let the cat out because I think she's decided she wants to be in a different room. One sec. New Year, same podcast, eh? Yeah. Right, well, you've you, right. you've got to bear with this story because the twist at the ending, I don't think you'll see coming. Right? All right, okay. So I've been back, strapped in. been back at work a week or so. And, you know, it was Blue Monday on Monday where everyone's feeling a bit low. And, you know, I felt I deserved a treat. So last night I went to one of the spas in the city. um, And it's so cheap Uh over here. I had a two-hour massage. (laughs) I I don't think I'd have the patience for a two-hour massage. I was in the zone. And the best thing is it cost me as much as, like, a bag of chips. So... (laughs) I was there, the girl that was doing it, it was like a full deep tissue, so she was wrenching me and all sorts. And by the end, honestly, I came out walking on clouds, you know. I was just, the the sun was a little bit brighter, you know. I was in just such a good mood. So I was, you know, headphones in, sort of vibing a little bit down the street on my way back to the metro. And... As I was walking down the stairs into the metro, feeling nice and calm, an old Romanian man hit me over the head with his crutch. <laughs> right. Okay. Yep. Uh, any particular reason? Um, he was adjusting the sleeve of his jacket, which obviously <laughs> resulted in him sort of flailing his crutch round, and he didn't know I was there. Oh, no. And then oh, like, no. he hit me. And he didn't speak any English, and I don't speak great Romanian. So uh-huh. I was, like, going, it's fine, it's fine, don't worry about it. 
but he clearly looked at me as though he'd killed me. I was <laughs> panicking to calm him down, which just made it look like I had panicked. Uh-huh. So in the end, I just smiled, grabbed his hand, shook his hand and walked off. Uh, I mean, it seems like a reasonable way to uh, uh, to spell the uh, situation. But yeah, that that that's certainly uh, a tale of, of two halves, isn't it? Yeah, well, it, it continues. <laughs> um, be- okay. Because I had such a good time that I thought, yeah, oh, I'm going to book that again. It was nice. I'll I'll book one for payday. And w- uh-huh. when uh, I rang up, one of the things they said was, "Can you give us an email address, and you know we'll email you confirmation." Um, uh-huh. And they said, "We'll email you within fifteen minutes." So I gave them okay. my email address. Now this isn't my real email address. I'll I'll just make one up. So I said it is. Mr. Matt at hotmail.com. Okay. I've got uh-huh. I'm I'm old, I've got a hotmail.com email address. Yeah, uh, you're the only person I know who has stuck with their hotmail account yeah. through thick and thin. Um and then I didn't get confirmation. And I thought I'll give it yeah. twenty four hours. So I rang them again today and I was like Yeah. Oh, um, you know, I rang yesterday, I I'm expecting confirmation and they said well can you just confirm your email address and i said oh yeah it's mr matt at hotmail.com and they went oh we've not actually uh-huh. we've not got that uh confirmed and i said look i've got my credit card with me i can check the time of purchase and we can marry this up just to confirm um and when yeah. they checked they'd put my email address into their system as mr matt at hotmails.com like just some sexy men.com. So, in keeping with the theme of this week's uh, Doctor Who episode, I'm having a real run of bad luck, David. <laughs> Brilliant. Well, shall we see if uh, your luck improves as we play this week's edition of Dockbusters? Oh, definitely. Welcome the host of Dockbusters, David. Have you uploaded the grid to our... I have. All right, let me... We're on round four. Let me just upload that. Dockbusters round four. Here we go. Right. Right. I'm excited. (laughs) Okay. Where are you going to start, Matt? I'm going to st- anywhere on the left-hand side. I'm going to start right in the middle with WPS, please. WPS. Oh, deep cut this one. A gem used by Rassilon to bring Gallifrey out of its time-locked state and back into the universe. Um. Hold on. A S H. 
A S H. Hang on, hang on, hang on. You can't suddenly change your ch decision, Matt. I need an answer for WPF. Oh, sorry, I'm looking at the grid. No wonder I'm struggling. Right. <laughs> you said WPS. I did. So and then for we some reason, with. I was just like, why am I looking <laughs> at the, the wrong thing? WPS. Yeah. Now this, I'm guessing, is from the five doctors. Can I check? You are in round four, aren't you, Matt? Yeah. Yeah. Doc Buster's round yeah. four. Okay. Okay, cool. Yeah. Okay, so D WPS. So what was your question? Uh, is this from the five doctors? It is not from the five doctors. Is it? It's more recent than that. It's more recent than that. So it must be... Is it, an, is it a story we've seen? Yes. So it, I'm guessing it's from the end of time. Could be. Um, I, honestly, like... All I can think of is he had a big glove, didn't he? He did have a big glove. He did have a big glove, didn't he? But he, but he, but he, but he also used the magic gem at one point. He used a magic gem. I honestly, like, I'm pulling an absolute blank here. It's... Uh, hold, on, I'll... hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. He okay, throws it. Okay. He throws it, doesn't he? He does. He throws it. He picks it up and he throws it. Right. I can picture it in my mind's eye. Do you know what? what I think I've it? got it. I think I've got it. What is it? Is it the White Point Star? Oh, well done, Matt. You got it. Oh, all I can picture is Timothy Dalton. And I know it's not even what yeah. he does, but with the big glove, like he's Thanos, like with a clenched fist. Yeah, yeah it's really weird because, of course, that now everybody makes the Thanos connection, but we are several years pre uh, the Marvel Universe when that episode went out. Yeah. Well, actually, no, that's technically not true. I think it was 2008, so it would have been the same year as Iron Man, but, like, still four years before the first Avengers movie, which was, of course, the first appearance of Thanos yeah. in the MCU. Right. I'm going to have to go OTD next. I'm going straight across. OTD. OTD. Let me find it. Three words that end the title of... 14 different televised Doctor Who stories to date. Right. I'm assuming this is of the Doctor, like Day of the Doctor. Oh, no, it could be of the Daleks. No. Oh. I've got to take your first answer, Matt. I've got to take your first oh. answer. It is of the Daleks. Oh, so. shit. Right. I'm going to have to go up to TI, please. Okay, TI. third episode to feature companion Bill. Ooh, that's a good one. Right. Hold on. I know her first episode is Pilot. Yeah. Actually, I'm just going to fact check myself there. 
because I might have got that wrong. No, I haven't. Ah, oh, no, no, I haven't. I just suddenly was thinking about it. I was like, oh, actually, does that come at the end of the pilot? But it doesn't. Right. So hold on. T-I. 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 Now, the first episode was the pilot. Mm-hmm. I keep getting confused with... Because I'm focused on the fact she was friends with Capaldi. Um, I'm focusing on, like, episodes I know Clara was in. Like, I'm thinking uh, Robot of Sherwood or whatever it was called. Um, yeah. I honestly... T-I. T-T-I. T-I. T-I. I'm having an absolute nightmare here. I'm going to have to press you for a guess here, or I'm just going to have to score right. it as Hold a on. as a Hold on, pass. hold on. Right. <clears throat> what episodes was Bill in? She was in the underwater one, wasn't she? She was in... The underwater one? Yeah. Or oh, the one where they're in space and he goes blind. Yep. Um, I'll give you a clue. It's not that one. I, I didn't think it would be. Um, oh. Oh, 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 oh. It's not the one with the dinosaur in it in London. No, that's Capaldi's first episode. That's Capaldi. That's Clara one. Yeah. It's... Okay. No, I've got it. You got it? It's not dinosaurs in London. It's big fish. It's thin ice. Well, no, you got there in the end, I, Matt. I, oh, I was very generous on the time. I can but... picture her in, like, Victorian garb. Yeah. yeah. T- technically late Georgian, but oh, I'll, I'll allow it. Right. Okay, you can't disqualify <laughs> me for that. Right, I'm sticking <laughs> centre board. I'm going for RH. RH. I think you're going to get this one. First actor hired to play the first Doctor following the death of William Hartnell. Oh, oh. On, a, on a totally unrelated note, it was William Hartnell's birthday recently. I put a picture it, know. of this person and somebody went crackers on Twitter at us. Oh, uh, yeah. Haven't you done that like every year? Every year. Just to see. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, it's Richard. I can never pronounce his surname properly. It's either Herndl or Handel. I can't remember. I'll give you. It's Herndl. Yeah. Well done. Right. So you're th- you're three across now. <laughs> yeah. Now I'm going for DT because this could be an easy win. Okay. I think it probably will be. Actor who played the Meta Crisis Doctor. Uh, I believe that's David Tennant. It is. <laughs> One of the 17 different doctors. I'll tell you what, is today the difficulty has peaked and troughed, hasn't it? <laughs> it has. Okay, where are you going? Right. Your last one. Uh, PB. Okay. American botany student and companion to the fifth and sixth doctors. Oh. 
Now this is a and I I will require surname. Is it is it somebody we've seen? I've got a name in my head. Yes. Yes, because you've seen the twin dilemma, haven't you? Right. Right. Because I... Oh, yeah, and uh, Time... um, Not Time of the Rani. uh, Mark of the Rani. She's in that. Right. Because initially I thought it was Polly, but I don't think that's who it is. I don't think I've well, seen... Well, it would be very strange if, if her initials was were PB and she was called Holly. No, I said Polly. Oh, Polly. Oh, uh, forgive me. I heard Holly there. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, there is a companion called Polly. No, that's but, what I'm thinking. Uh, I've, she's, yeah, I've heard she's you mention it. Now, I think I know who this is because you gave me the clue that companion to the fifth and sixth doctor... And I know yeah. the regeneration. I can picture it in my head. And yeah. I know what comes after the regeneration. And I know the person's yeah. first name. So I'm going to take an absolute punt on the surname. Okay, go for it. Right. I'm excited. Because I know it. it's when Colin Baker comes around and he chokes Nicola Bryant playing Perry. Yep. See how much I know about Doctor Who now. I'm like card-carrying fanatic. I know, it's crazy, isn't it? Right. Now, this is based solely, solely on the fact it's a common surname. I'm going to go Brown. Oh, and he's done it. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. I was worried she was going to have like one of those weird Doctor Who names. It'd be like Perry Blomkenista. Yeah. For, for a bonus point, could you have given me her full name? Because Perry is technically a diminutive of her full first name. Yeah, it's Perineum, isn't it? <laughs> no, she's got... Hasn't she got a weird name? It's not Pygmalion, but it's like that. Per, no, per, per, it's like Perpigillium, per, per I think. That's the one. That's the one. <laughs> yeah. But I will accept Perry Brown. Or Perineum, to her friends. <laughs> <laughs> right okay well well done oh I, I you did it but i made you sweat a bit more with that one i think yeah that that's was th- good i'm proud of that victory like yeah i did i did not think you were going to get white point star yeah i assume like that is some deep recesses as soon as you i remember him throwing that. it i was like i can remember yeah. that episode like um yeah yeah, is it worth mentioning now that I know so much about Doctor Who when I sent you that picture of how I've decorated my new apartment? Yeah. It, it's just Doctor oh, Who yeah, artwork you might everywhere. Well. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, come on, admit it. You're a fan at this point, right? I'm not. I'm I'm a student. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that, that is splitting hairs. Yeah. I'm, I'm just knowledgeable on yeah, the I subject. Mean, yeah, I mean, you say that like uh, most Doctor Who fans aren't also mostly just students. They're not. They're not enjoying it. No, it's like academic inquiry. That's isn't not it? why we watch it. Yeah. Um. So. Yeah, we we obviously mentioned the uh, the end of time, mm-hmm. which was a hot mess of a RTD Christmas special. Mm. So for for one of those. 
should we uh, take a hop and a skip over to the most recent <laughs> entry in that particular canon? <laughs> yeah. And talk about the church on Ruby Road. So, give me a rating, David. Good episode, bad episode. Good episode, some bad bits. Bad episode, some good bits. Bad episode, some bad bits. Good episode, some bad bits. <laughs> okay, right. In all honesty, Matt, right now, if you asked me to even boil it down to a thumbs up, thumbs down on this episode, I don't think I could do it. I hope by the end of this recording with you, I will be able to, but right now I can't. What I can say is there are some very good bits in it. There are also some deeply infuriating bits. And I'm going to say quite a bit of meh as well. And the whole thing. Mm -hmm. I, I cannot tell whether it hangs together at all or whether it's just an assemblage of random ideas that you know, they happen in an order, and, and from thence a story arises. I, I, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it felt so scattershot to me. So for me, I I got really excited, and I timetabled this in to my Christmas being home, watching it. Yeah, and I think the occasion of watching it at Christmas made me view this in quite a positive light. Watching it yeah. this evening, it kind of reduced my opinion. Yeah. I mean, I think what we need to acknowledge from the outset is that to a large extent, this episode was not for us. Yeah. And for us, I mean established Doctor Who fans and adults. Mm-hmm. More than any episode since, I would say, probably uh, The Woman Who Fell to Earth. This is an attempt to appeal to a broad audience consisting in no small part of young folk who may never have watched Doctor Who before. And it's saying to them, here you go, don't worry, just hop on here. Mm -hmm. Enjoy the ride. I hope it is successful in that endeavour. Um, now, two two things I watched with sort of a newfound focus this evening was yeah. I, I really watched the performance of the new Doctor yeah. and I really watched the Should performance of the new Companion. So yeah. what what did you make of those two? Just before we jump in. What okay, I would thoughts? say the standout piece of acting, if we can isolate it to a single scene, there is one scene, which we'll get to when we get to, but for me, is the best single piece of acting in the whole episode, and that comes from Minnie Gibson. Mm -hmm. I think she hits higher highs with her performance than Shooting Atwa does. Uh, overall, I would say I was, I was maybe overhyped for Shooting Atwa. I was expecting big things. And instead, I got a collection of little things which were nice, but I'm still, I'm waiting. Like, do you remember, 
how in Jodie Whittaker's first series, it took all the way to the haunting of Villa Diodati to really get mm. that complete sense of her doctor. Yes, yeah. And then all of a sudden, she had that big scene. It was like, all oh, right, okay, here we go. Right, now I've got it. And I think I'm still at that point of waiting for that moment from Doctor Number 15. Mm -hmm. I'm hopeful that we'll get it in his first series. But uh, I don't think we quite got it in this episode, unfortunately. Um, See, I think what I was relieved about is the press photos of the two of them together. They're all doing like sultry looks and sexy poses and I was slightly worried Doctor Who was going to go a bit Hollyoaks. And yeah, I'm glad they didn't. I mean, there's still time. Oh, I think it's too yeah. too early to make a, uh, a uh, permanent call on that yet. But uh, yeah, I, 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 I too hope that it doesn't go down that road. I don't think it will. If yeah. the teaser trailer for the next series is anything to go by. Have you seen that teaser trailer? Yeah. That? Yeah. Yeah. We need to it's talk solid. about that at the I'm end. Excited. I, I've got a big yeah. prediction for this series. Great. Looking forward to that. Yeah. Um, exactly why, like when I predicted <coughs> Ace was coming back. I've predicted yeah. that correctly. I'm, I'm on a roll. Excellent. So I guess, I guess my thinking is right. One, it's a new Doctor episode. They are rarely amongst the best episodes from any Doctor's run. I think the only exception to that really is um, the 11th hour, Mm -hmm. which remains, I think, the gold standard of new Doctor stories. And it's maybe unfair to expect it to compete with the very best. Mm Mm-hmm. It is also a RTD Christmas special. And those are generally pretty shit, (laughs) in my opinion. So I would say overall, it's probably one of his best. Yeah. Um, But that's slightly damning with faint praise. I didn't love it. I wanted to love it, but I didn't love it. And maybe that's on me. Did you like it? That's where I'm at with it. I really liked some bits of it. Mm. Like, not just mildly liked, really liked. And I think that's the thing with RTD. I think I said a while ago, right? With RTD, I don't know whether I'm going to like something or not like something from him. But I I know, I am guaranteed that it will not be boring. Mm-hmm. And this episode was many things, but it was not boring. <laughs> yeah. So you, you have to give him credit for that. That... He is a man on a mission to entertain. Mm-hmm. And that, that's got to count for something. Uh, do you, let's do you think, stuck into do you think story, RT, shall we? Final question, just yes or no. Do you think okay, RTD is getting yeah. weirder? I think he's getting sloppier. Mm. <laughs> and I think he's all... Look, I think he's always been weird, Right as a writer and that's great because doctor who is a weird show and it's at its best when weird people are writing for it you know Mm -hmm. it 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 taps into a very british kind of weirdness that 
there isn't always a lot of room for, especially in mainstream TV. Uh, mm. So I'm very grateful to Doctor Who for that. Um, but yeah, uh, we, we'll maybe get to it in more detail later. But basically, he's he's said publicly that he's experimenting with bringing in more fantastical elements this time around with Doctor Who. Mm-hmm. My big worry is that he's doing that as an excuse to not have to explain anything. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which, as someone who's very passionate about fantasy, does slightly slightly annoy me. It feels like he's got a very surface level understanding of fantasy, which basically boils down to, oh, it can just be anything, can't it? Because it's magic, who cares? Yeah, this time around, it was just like, it's goblins, isn't it? And everyone just accepts that. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Uh, we'll talk more about the goblins when we get there. Right. But so, uh, yeah. this is the Church on Ruby Road. It's the 2023 Christmas special from Christmas Day 2023, written as we've said by RTD, directed by Mark Tondore. Okay. Yeah, interesting to see him back. I wasn't sure whether we'd get him back because he. He did a couple, I think, in Jodie Whittaker's first series, but hasn't done any since. Mm-hmm. I've got to be honest, didn't love his direction in this story. I can think of one scene, which I think is probably my favourite scene, which is well directed, yeah. and the rest, yeah, you can take or leave. Yeah, it just, it felt, it felt a little, a little messy to me in its direction. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. I don't want to. I don't. I, I. I worry that I'm going to spend this entire episode nitpicking and complaining, and I don't want to do that. But uh, anyway, it's it's important to say at this point. One of my neighbours just texted me saying they've forgotten their keys, so I might need to buzz them in the building. So if you hear a random doorbell, don't stress. Okie dokie. Right. So once upon a time on Christmas Eve, a lady brings a baby girl to the church on Ruby Road. Just before midnight, it's taken in and named Ruby. And the mother is never seen again until a time traveller called the Doctor, sorry, appears. Oh, okay, yeah. Okay, so I didn't mind this opening narration up until the point that the Doctor starts sort of talking about himself as this sort of magical hero in the third person. Hmm. Which just comes across as a little bit egotistical, doesn't it? Just a tad. Just a tad. Yeah. But I... Now, obviously, whether we're... Sorry, go on. I might as well show my hand now. At the end of this episode, I'm going to tell you who the mother is. Okay, looking forward to it. Yeah. Right. We then get the titles... And we have Ruby talking to Davina McCall. She's on one of those parent, abandoned child reuniting TV programs. Okay? Yeah. So she's looking to find her birth parents, and throughout the conversation, there's, like, laughter in the background. And whilst the crew cut the audio so they can, you know, reestablish the interview... We see a little hand moving a crew crew member's coffee cup and ultimately causes a light to fall. Nearly hits uh, Ruby. But then they just pull a wire really tight and it snaps and hits Davina McCall in the back of the head. Yeah. 
So, yeah, we, we've we've firmly uh, established the goblins early on. Is, is Davina yeah. McCall a big TV star in 2024? I think I could be wrong. I think the thing is, she is an actual host for this, uh, for a genuine show that does this stuff. Right, okay. I could be wrong. Right. Uh, But certainly, like, she is still getting presenting gigs and stuff. And I think she's probably also pally with RTD to some extent, because, of course, she did voice a robot version of herself. In fact, it wasn't even a robot. It was just voiceover, wasn't it? But do you remember the... um, The Big Brother episode, yeah. uh, Yeah, yeah. It was the actual voice of Davina recalling that. So, Mm. you know. Right. Fast forward to the 22nd of December. We see Ruby playing keyboards in a band being watched by the Doctor. Uh, Yeah. You know what? I've I've got a prediction for this series as well. Are we saving it till Um, the end or are you going now? I'll go now. I'll go now because it, you've reminded me. So Ruby plays keyboards, right? Uh-huh. We also see both her and the Doctor sing. Yeah. In this episode, we'll, we'll talk more about that when we get there. Um, have you seen the costume reveal for Jinx Monsoon? Yes, yes, yes. Yep, and you're aware that that's got sort of obviously like music notation and. You think we're going to get a musical like episode? A pia- piano keyboard. Um. If not a full-on musical episode, I think music might be a very strong theme across the series. It depends whether or not Jinx Monsoon also appears in the episode that is teased in the teaser trailer that the Beatles are going to appear in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just There's an awful lot of things pointing towards music being pivotal in some way. Imagine- like I say, it could all just be one episode that's full-on music, music, music. Or it could be something that is sprinkled all the way through that series yeah remains to be seen but i don't think it's a coincidence that ruby plays keyboards in a band right so there's my doorbell give me two seconds okie dokie i hope they don't come to my flat i've just pressed the button to let them in the building yeah right if they do try and come into your flat you you'll, you'll just have to invite them onto the podcast no no way you, you don't think that... Would they not have seen it? Oh, no. Like, some of my close friends have. This isn't one of my close friends. It's just someone I have. <laughs> like, they sometimes text and say, I've forgotten my keys. Right. That That's the, the, about the full extent of your relationship, is it? Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've really narrowed the field on friends in Romania. At the start of the year, I was having everyone around for dinner. And just one by one, narrowed yeah. the field. I'm down to two good uh, friends. That's what you got to do, isn't it? That's all anybody needs. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So then the Doctor just goes clubbing on December 23rd, as he's known to do. Yeah. Yeah. Well, here's the thing, right? This ep- That scene was really hyped up in things like Doctor Who magazine articles and interviews with cast and crew and... And in, in reviews afterwards as well, people have like talked about it like it's some amazing, transgressive dawn of a new era moment. I'm just like, I don't know. It's just the Doctor having a little dance. We've seen him have a little dance before. I just thought, I bet he's bloody cold. Uh, yeah, he does look cold, doesn't he? Yeah, vest and a kilt. His arms all out. He's braver yeah, man than I am. Very easy. Right. Yeah. Uh, so then 
whilst Ruby's watching him, he just appears next to her and she spills one of her drinks. He catches it. Okay. And he yeah. says, Merry Christmas. Now, after that, Ruby's walking home, gets a taxi with her friends and the little hands we've seen so far fall, uh, sorry, cause a giant snowman Christmas decoration to fall. The Doctor uses his new sonic screwdriver that I'm sure we'll talk about in a moment to change the traffic yep. lights so the taxi gets out the way. There's a lady pushing a pram. He gets her out the way. Then he gets hit by the big snowman. Uh, yeah. Yeah. What do you think of this new sonic okay. screwdriver? Because that ain't a screwdriver. <laughs> no. Um, He's got a palm pilot. I... I guess it's nice to see them do something new mm. like doctor who is about change as we've said many times um i want to see it in action more before i make a permanent decision on it apparently it has like little sort of like interfacing things so we can like plug it into stuff okay. like a usb port and things so um I'm, I'm interested to see it being used in that way do you think it, that it, could go on? Sorry, I was gonna say that you know that could open up some interesting new creative avenues. I was gonna say, do you think it's a reaction to the fact that Jodie Whittaker's screwdriver just looked like a a marital aid, shall we say? Yeah, well, that was certainly the joke that was used. Uh, <laughs> the thing is, all the others do, but it's never made mention of because they were all toted by uh, male doctors. Mm. Um, so I, I, I sort of, I did always roll my eyes a little Imagine bit. Imagine if he whips uh, his sonic screwdriver out and it looks like uh, yeah. a fleshlight. <laughs> that, would, that, would, that would get tongues wagging, it, wouldn't it? It would have, it would. It would have been a different direction for sure. Uh, but as it is, it's fine. At the end of the day, at this point, the sonic screwdriver is just about selling merch isn't it oh, like yeah. it's kind of outrageous that they they made a big hoo-ha about releasing the 14th dr sonic screwdriver he did three episodes <laughs> yeah three episodes and they junk it for a new one when david tennant started he had the same sc screwdriver as christopher eccleston they didn't they didn't redesign it for him no, you just got to change it when uh, it's the christmas toy season well, I mean, that's certainly what it's become. It's, you know, an excuse to sell a new toy every few years. And I can't begrudge it too much because it's one of the things that helps keep the show going. Mm -hmm. So it's fine. Right. We then have a little exchange between the Doctor and a police officer, which is quite yeah. nice. Uh, and then we jump forward to <laughs> Christmas Eve, December 24th. Well... Before we do that scene, it is a nice scene. It feels a little uh, incidental. And if you want to know the reason why, it's because it was inserted nearly a year after they wrapped shooting on this episode. Oh, really? Yeah, it was apparently a note from Disney that it took too long to kind of get a sense of the Doctor as a character. Okay. And so they gave him this scene to kind of really like first of all you know because he's explaining to the policeman my name's a doctor occupation not a doctor you know established that he 
you know, essentially lives in the TARDIS, all that stuff, and then shows him being clever and joining dots in a Sherlock Holmesy kind of way. Um, so I think it works very well for its intended purpose, mm-hmm. even if it is entirely superfluous to the rest of the story. Um, but yeah, I thought it was interesting. Because, I mean, some people were up in arms over like, oh, Disney are running the show now. And it's like, actually, it's not a bad note to give for this episode. Yeah, yeah. Especially as it is, you know, a a brand new era for, you know, trying to bring in a new audience. Um, It's it's pretty reasonable, I'd say. Um, So, uh, there was something else I was going to say about it and I've forgotten. Doesn't matter. Let's move on. Right. On Christmas Eve, Ruby's neighbour is moaning that there's the TARDIS blocking the path outside their house. Uh, Ruby's on her way home from the shops where one of the little hands we've seen so far rips her shopping bag. Yes. Uh, Ruby's mum explains that... um, I mean, we get a sense of her character, so she has fostered... Was it 30-some children? And 33, I believe. 33. And Ruby has like hung around to help her foster mum, I yeah. believe now adoptive mum, care for these children. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't it weird, right, that Ruby has lived with this lady her entire life? And I believe at the yeah. opening of the episode it says in London. No. W- w- Manchester. Is it Manchester? Right. That's that's okay. Just ignore me. A point I was going to make there. <laughs> I, I was like, why is she grown up in London but got such a Manchester accent? Turns out she's been in Manchester no, her d- whole life. They yeah. d- they they do say it's it's one of those like blinking you'll miss it bits of dialogue. They moved from Manchester to London so her Ruby's mum could look after her mum. Ah, uh, right, right, Ru- right. Cherry. Yeah. So. It's Cherry's flat, but they're all now living in it because Cherry can't look after herself. Yeah. Well, let's talk about Cherry, because at this point, she asks for a cup of tea. She does. Right. Uh, they that, then... Yeah, that becomes like running gag of, of the, the, the episode. How did you think about it as a sort of running gag? It was okay. Don't worry. I've I've written down every time it occurs, so we'll talk about it as it <laughs> okay. Right. All right. Okay. Um, so this is where baby Lulu Bell arrives, and when she yeah. arrives, Cherry asks for a cup of tea. They take a yeah. picture of the baby, put it on the fridge. This is how we find out that um, Ruby's mum has, you know, fostered all these children. Okay. It's how she keeps score. Yeah. <laughs> photos yeah. on the fridge. I did. I did like. Um, this is the sort of humour that I think RTD is especially good at um, when they were sort of speculating on what the baby's name might be because, you know, it's a Christmas baby. Is it going to be sort of Christmas themed? And they're like, it's Lulu Bell. And then the, they're all just, they're like, oh, isn't that an awful name? <laughs> <laughs> like, and I, he's so good at writing human beings. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? That kind of like just kitchen sink stuff. And I would say basically Ruby's family life is to me the most interesting and best executed aspect of this whole story. Mm. This whole episode. 
and, um, and it's good. It it take it takes me back to Rose and Jackie and everyone. You know, it's yeah. It you don't have to have this crazy family dynamic. Like if you think about yeah, was it Bill who the Doctor knew her mum in the past, and Clara had that leaf thing. You know, it it's just oh, yeah, yeah. It's just a normal person. Yes, yeah. I mean, in some ways, it almost feels like with Ruby, RTD is trying to do his take on a Moffat companion. Mm. In that the family dynamic is a little bit more complicated, but still very grounded and believable. And certainly, the you know, there are countless people around the world who've grown up in very similar situations to Ruby. Um, and it, frankly, it it's interesting. It makes for good good drama. Um, so I'm on board with all of that. I don't know that I necessarily need the mysterious hooded cloaked figure leaving the baby on the doorstep and like presumably that's going to come into play later and, you know, turning the companion into a puzzle. Mm. So which obviously was very, a very much a Moffat trope for a lot of his companions I almost think I would have preferred Ruby if she was just, she was an orphan. Yeah. And that's fine. That's normal. People are orphans. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, but, uh, you know. Yeah. Uh, we, it remains to be seen. He could, who knows, RTD could pull it out of the bag. It could be a brilliant storyline. Yeah. You just don't know yet. Right. Uh, where are we up to? Where are we up to? Right, Ruby needs to go get some nappies because the ones provided are for a much older child. So her mum says, oh, yep. I'll go, I'll do a big shop. You're left in charge. Rule number one, don't lose the baby. Yeah. At this point, Ruby's nana asks for a cup of tea. She does. Okay. So, Davina McCall calls Ruby and says there's no trace anywhere of your mum and dad. Okay, we get a pretty good Cute. bit of acting here from Millie Gibson. This is, this is what I was going to say. This is, for me, best bit, bit of acting across the whole episode. Um, especially, uh, you know, re-watching it today. And the way her pauses, which are both sort of unnatural but feel very human. Mm-hmm. And she does this sort of like little awkward nervous laugh at one point and then she's wiping away a tear and it honestly a phenomenal bit of acting i'd yeah. say yeah um because it really get, gets up that sense because it's such a complex bundle of emotions she's feeling in that moment you know she's she's disappointed she's surprised she's overwhelmed um it, and yeah it she just manages to bring that all together mm-hmm. in a such a believable fashion yeah uh so i really really hope they give her more meaty stuff to do over the course of the series because she can clearly handle it yeah yeah i i would agree with that i think for her this was her sort of starring moment of the episode. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Davina also asks Ruby if she's been having bad luck, and we pan out. Davina's in a wheelchair with her arm in a sling. Um, 
and one of the little hands we've seen so far pushes over a Christmas tree on top of Davina McCall. Uh, we hear the laughter voice <laughs> from earlier through the baby monitor now. And yeah. as uh, Ruby runs through to the bedroom, the baby disappears. And all that's left is a Polaroid picture that we saw Mum with the camera earlier of the goblin creature. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So Ruby gives Goblins chase the baby. up to the roof. She notices the windows open. Mm -hmm. That's where the way the baby's gone, and the baby's being yeah. lifted in a basket. And there's a ladder up to the sky. Now this, yeah. it... she's very unfazed by the ex existence of goblins, isn't she? Yeah, like one thing I thought Pres about presumably, she... yeah, at Go the on. end of this episode, that it's a story where a lot of really mad shit happens, but actually, at the end of yeah. the episode. Not much really happens. No. Um, and, and I think, the, it, for me, it's one of the reasons why this one is is a, is a slightly missed attempt at establishing a new Doctor. If you think back to um, Matt Smith's first episode, standing on that hospital rooftop, just staring down the Atraxia basically saying, come on then if you think you're hard enough. Mm -hmm. Just defending the whole planet in that moment because they were quite prepared to just wipe out the whole planet. Mm. Um, when you think about David Tennant, you know, in, in his first episode with the with the Sycorax, t telling them to, to go away and tell them that the Earth is defended. You know, and in this, it's the Doctor saves technically two babies, you know. Yeah. So that's not bad going, but it's low stakes, isn't it? Mm. And I'm not saying we it has to be fate of the world at stake every week, but I think for a first episode of a new Doctor, new era, new jumping on point, you kind of want that real punch the air moment, like th this guy is 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 a is a genuine hero. Yeah, I don't think we quite got there with this one. No, but what I was going to say is this is the bit I enjoyed most from Shooty Gatwa is when he's running right. across the rooftop. And he's yeah. not even looking where he's running because he's too busy talking to Ruby. Yes. But he's kind of skipping over, you know, chimney stacks. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, he, he's, he's not sprinting. He's not exerting himself. And there was just this sort of nice, playful calm about the Doctor that yeah. I sense is going to be his it, mood a little bit. Yeah. I mean, we when I think back to previous Doctors... I struggle to think of any that you would describe as athletic or mm. graceful. But obviously, I mean, we know that Shooty Gatwa is both of those things. You know, he is a dancer and a, you know, a, a, a in, in the truest sense of the word, a very fit young man. Yeah. Uh, so... It's kind of interesting and good to, for him to kind of bring that into the role. So, um, 
yeah, I'm up for a sprightly doctor. He he's really good in Barbie as well. Uh, yeah, I've still not seen Barbie. Um, I I'm, I will get round to it eventually. Can Can but, you believe uh, there are some people that are unhappy with patriarchal oppression? Really? Yeah. That really, Just really much. opened my eyes, that movie. <laughs> you know, that's the thing that puts me off with Barbie, is the fact that it's like, I'm all on board for mainstream films saying smash the patriarchy, but films that say smash the patriarchy, but please also buy our plastic dolls. Oh. We really want you to buy these overpriced plastic dolls. <laughs> It feels a little. Uh, you, do you know what I mean? Uh, you, you've got to watch it, David. It'll it it'll totally change your expectations. I I'm sure it will have its cake and eat it. Yeah, I have no doubt it will find a way to apologise for the fact that it is a glorified advert while still being very effective as a glorified advert. So cynical for one so young, right? <laughs> Uh, the Doctor jumps onto the ladder as well. This is where we finally get the reveal that it's goblins we're up against. Uh, the Doctor gives Ruby a super glove, which can combat Mavity. I didn't get that joke the first time I saw it, and then I, I picked oh, it yeah. up. Yeah. Right? That's still running. Okay. Pause for a second. Mavity. Yeah. Is it actually going to pay off? Is it going to be a big thing come the finale? I think or... this is probably the final time we're going to have that joke. You think so? I think it's too much of a gap between now and whenever the series like airs. People are going to have forgotten yeah. or stopped caring about the joke. No, I, I disagree. I think it's going to run all the way through the series. Right. And I think it will be fixed by the end of the series. Mm-hmm. But I don't know whether it's actually going to be important that it's fixed, right? Or or whether it's just going to be we we we're doing this so we can stop doing the Mavity joke now. Mm-hmm. But I think it's going to run all the way through, right? Uh, they're called goblins because they want to gobble the baby. Yeah, great. Uh, they live on a big Good job, RTD. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Honestly, just send him the BAFTA now. Right. Um, <laughs> they live on a big pirate ship and they tie up Ruby and the Doctor. And it turns out yeah. that things like chance, coincidence and luck are tasty to goblins. So that's why they want this baby. Yeah. It's coincidence it was abandoned the same day as Ruby. Um, sure. I mean, it's like... Okay, first of all, I'm a sucker for a big magic ship. Mm-hmm. Okay? Just putting that out there. It looks gorgeous. Love it. You know, um, the whole the motivation and actions of the goblins in this story make no flipping sense. Mm. None. They do not stand up to the remotest bit of scrutiny. Okay, like first of all, right? They want to eat this baby. But pretty soon, we're going to see... It looks like they're just going to feed the baby to the one already very giant goblin. Yep. So, what are the other goblins eating? 
Well, they just make it a soup also, with the bones. Also, I think that when it they sing out? when they sing the song, don't they say it's going to feed them for three yeah. weeks? Yeah, that baby's not feeding all of them for three weeks. Yeah. I like maybe unless maybe maybe the Goblin King has some kind of like teats or something that they all suckle on. Oh yeah, and 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 so the baby feeds the king, and then in doing so, the king feeds the other gob- uh, goblins. Um. But RTD doesn't give us this. We're having to just draw these connections ourselves. Um, yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but it bothers me. It sh- Maybe it shouldn't. Maybe I should be more just like, oh, yeah, it's goblins. Who cares? Whatever. But no, I, I, I care about goblins, <laughs> Matt. Right? If you're going to do goblins, do them justice. Make them, make them believable. Mm. Make make them work for this universe. And it's in this universe, if they're gonna steal that baby, there has to be a specific reason for that. Why don't they just go out and steal another coincidence baby? <laughs> You're not telling me it's the only coincidence baby in contemporary London. Well, wouldn't it be a coincidence if it was? You know, if there's loads of them, it's not that much of a coincidence, yeah. is it? I guess not. It's like some sort of child of destiny, and they've got it. Yeah. But it's like the whole, like, so they spent, put all this effort into manufacturing accidents to somehow make the baby tastier, but they're manufacturing the accidents around Ruby. Yeah. And also Davina McCall. Yeah. <laughs> but... Do you know what I mean? It's just... It's lazy. Mm. RTD doesn't give a fuck about this stuff. No. And it, as someone who does, it, it aggravates me. Right. Um. So, uh, they escape the ropes because the Doctor spent some time with Houdini. Uh, the sonic screwdriver doesn't yeah. work because there's no screws. It's all rope. Uh-huh. I mean, it resonates concrete well enough. So we're, we're just gonna, <laughs> it's true. We're just going to change that. But okay. it does. But we do know it doesn't work on wood. Yeah. Uh, so ropes are like wires to the goblins. So they need to find the right rope. They pull it. The door opens. They then enter a ventilation shaft where they hear the dinner gong. Okay. Now. Yeah. Here's something that might blow your tiny mind, David. I think the following uh-huh. I think the following scene is the worst thing we have seen in any episode of Doctor Who. <laughs> like the literal worst. Like genuinely, I hated it. <laughs> like I, I cannot stress enough. Like, honestly, I was furious. I was like, okay. I was like, this is so bad, and it's so needlessly interjected. Like, what are we doing here? <laughs> like, can someone explain to me? Like, yeah, I get it. It's Christmas, but if we're trying to sell the show to a new audience, is this how we're going to do it? If we're trying to retain old fans, is this how we're doing it? Like, what? What is this? What is this, David? Okay. All right. Okay. Um, so, 
I get the feeling the starting point for this story was RTD sat down, rewatched Labyrinth, and thought, yeah, I could probably do uh, that. Yeah, but this is no magic dance. Can I just read you some of the lyrics? Yeah, go for it. We got a baby. We can feast. We can dine three days at least. Sorry, I said three weeks earlier. Baby blood. But still, three days. Yeah, yeah. Baby blood and baby bones. Baby butter for baby scones. And then one of the goblins says, it's scones, actually. Little baby feet, little baby toes. Every one of us wants the nose. Baby's had such very bad luck. Now into baby, we will tuck. That's that's mm. bad, bad lyrics. Yeah. Eat the baby. Not, not, not ideal. Add some salt. Bay leaves barley powdered malt. None of that actually happens. They don't season the baby. Now the baby's salted. <laughs> they don't. She's a treat. Her destiny, it's time to meet. Baby we need, baby we feed. Each with our teeth, better than beef. That doesn't rhyme. Teeth and beef don't rhyme. Baby so soft, yeah. carried aloft. Big brown eyes, caramelised. Doesn't rhyme either. He's the Goblin King. Yes, the Goblin King. He's not a myth. He's an actual thing. He's the king. I don't mind that lyric. Here's the king. Here's the king. Here's the king. Here's the king. Goblin. That doesn't rhyme at all. Here's the king. Here's the king. Here's the king. Here's the king. Goblin. We love the king. We sing ding-a-ling. And we love his chin when it's wobbling. He likes to dine on coincidence. It fills him, builds him up and hence. He can eat. He can eat. 500 puppies with golden fur, orphan boys with jet black hair. That doesn't rhyme. Circus <laughs> clowns with a red balloon. He can eat me. He makes me swoon. A banquet for a king on high. Oh, little baby. Oh, little baby. Say goodbye. It, yeah, really. It's Burns Night it next go, week. Should, should I read that at Burns Night? <laughs> Just go, oh, it's one of his lesser known poems. Uh, it's called Gob Goblin Baby. Yeah. Okay, right. I'm gonna mount, if I can, the the, the meekest of defences. In principle, I am not averse to uh, a song appearing in Doctor Who. And I would say a Christmas special about goblins stealing and eating babies is about as good as an excuse as you're going to get in most situations to introduce a musical number into a Doctor Who story. Mm -hmm. However, I think it is dreadfully executed. Yeah. Okay. My chief complaints are these. Uh, the, the main singing goblin doesn't sing in a goblin voice. Yeah. It sounds like a normal human lady. Yeah. It's bad. Plus. If you're going to have goblins singing, make them sing in a goblin voice. It's not hard. Were, were they trying to make that goblin sexy? Yes. So weird. <laughs> so weird. Uh, my other chief complaint, and it's a complaint that I have. It's something that happens in a lot of media, and it always bothers me. The instruments those goblins were playing would not produce those noises. Mm. You've got a full orchestra, 
you've got uh, definitely on when I was watching today on headphones, I heard some like synthesized bass. Nobody's playing keyboards in mm-hmm. that band. It it should sound like a flipping barn dance. You look, you look at what they're playing. It's like an upright bass and sort of banjo-y thing. Yeah. There's a little goblin, goblin on the conch. That's going to play one note. Maybe if they bored some holes in it, maybe three or four notes like an ocarina. It's... It, it, look, make the slightest effort to make the instruments match the sounds that they are supposed to be producing. Yeah. Otherwise, it takes me completely out of it. But that that just believe links, that just links to what you've said that this episode is sloppy and lazy. Exactly. Mm. Yeah. Oh, I, 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 look, it pains me as someone who loves Doctor Who being weird, who loves Doctor Who being silly, who loves fantasy. I was really looking forward to a mad Christmas episode about goblins. I really was, mm-hmm. but. All the goblin stuff in this story is is the worst part of, of the episode, mm. by some margin. Yeah. Anyway. Right, so yeah. Let's move on. Uh, they, they have a little song. Doctor and Ruby drop among the goblins. They have a sing as well. Uh, but They do. They... One, one bonus criticism of their bit. They don't sound like they're making it up on the spot. No, they the way they perform it, there should have been a lot more hesitation, and a lot more like really awkward half rhymes and stuff to make it sound like they're really happy to think on their feet. Yeah, but you know they're just vibing, just vibing with the Apparently hungry so. goblins. Sure. <laughs> right. At this point, they undo the master knot of the ship and they use the intelligent glove. They reverse it so it's really heavy instead of really light. They drop, they drop back down to the rooftops, and finally, Ruby's nana uh, still hasn't had her cup of tea. Yeah. So, in order to prevent any Poor accidents, uh, they start safety proofing the kitchen to make sure the gob, uh, goblins don't come back. Again, they talk about the photos on the fridge. Ruby's mum comes home, and nana complains she still can't get a cup of tea. And yep. the mum finds the goblin Polaroid from earlier. Ruby speaks to yep. her mum. Again, another little bit of good acting to say that she's had news from the TV show and what's happened. The doctor talks about the fact he's adopted too. Yeah. I was... <laughs> Excuse me. Look, we'd, we'd had the flux acknowledgement not too long ago. I didn't expect yet more... Like, just direct embracing mm. of the Timeless Child arc. I'm here for it. Mm. I thought it was really well utilised in this story. Yeah, just keep it going. Keep it going. Yeah. Right. They talk about coincidence for a bit, which brings the goblins back. They create a big crack in the ceiling, um, and as they leave, the crack is kind of their parting gift. But whilst the Doctor's investigating what's going on, he fails to realise Ruby is missing now. And nobody knows who she is. Her bedroom is now the spare room. History is rewriting itself. 
Ruby's family are now cold and don't care for the children because, you know, she hasn't been there to instill that love in them. So the, yeah. the doctor works out that the goblins took baby Ruby in Lulu Bell's yeah. place. So I will say I, I get what RTD is doing here. I do find it. I find it a bit of a stretch that because this lady didn't foster this one specific child, that she then becomes just a completely miserable, heartless person. Mm -hmm. I feel like part of the reason Ruby turned out as kind and warm as she was is because she was raised by someone who was kind and warm. Yeah. That's generally how these things work. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, it it, it does seem like a major left turn, doesn't it, for that character? You know? Plus, if she's that cold and horrible, why is she still fostering children? She's like, oh, this is such a burden. I do it for the £80 a week. Right? But, yeah, you know... If you've only adopted, did they say six children instead of 33? Yeah. You know. Like, surely she'd just be like, nah, I can't be bothered right now. It's yeah. Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, I um, agree. I didn't feel that was particularly well executed. Yeah. I think you could, you could, you could have done the same plot and had her absence keenly felt without going quite so extreme in the change in uh, her mum's character. Yeah. Is is all I'd say. Like, I don't think you need to, like, uh, throw the baby out with the bathwater, as it were. Yeah. By doing that. Yeah. Right. So, the Doctor goes back to Ruby being abandoned. He sees... The lady who, you know, drops off Ruby. However, this time the goblins take the basket with the baby in it. So he climbs up to their ship. He starts pulling it down with his super powerful gloves. Uh, he causes... Okay, sorry to, be, sorry to be pedantic. That isn't how they were established as working earlier. Yeah, yeah. Well, is it? They, the point is it was that point... they took the load. Sorry, go on. It, I think he does say they're like low power at this point and malfunctioning, I think. Okay. Yeah, they're for reducing friction and making him light, which is the opposite of what happens here. Yeah. I mean, if he's... Where it just so, somehow the the glove manages to like make him 40 times his current mass mm. or something. Yeah, I mean, he does talk about making himself heavier yeah. earlier when he jumps off the ship. But, uh, maybe, maybe I missed that bit. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's fine. So, it's whatever. Yeah. And he pulls the ship down to the point where the church spire impales the Goblin King. Yeah. I mean, all the other goblins. Bit can much eat him for now. Christmas Day, isn't it? Yeah, it's fairly grim when you see it like coming out <laughs> his chest. Yeah. Right. <laughs> bit strong. So the the Doctor is now the one to leave Baby Ruby at the church. And he sees Ruby's mum walking away. Okay. Yeah. He goes back to the house where the crack has reappeared because it had healed itself as 
time is kind of writing itself. And Ruby yeah. is back. So the Doctor Yay. goes in his TARDIS to save Davina McCall from the Christmas tree that was falling on her earlier. Yeah. Uh, Ruby's neighbour talks to the Doctor and, you know, kind of have yeah. a bit of back and forth. We'll talk about that more in a moment. Uh, and importantly, Ruby's Nana finally gets a brew. Okay. Yes. You know, the most important arc yeah. of the episode. Yeah, we're tying up loose Resolved. threads here. So yeah. the Doctor goes into the TARDIS and then Ruby begins to think about when he explains to her that, you know, she had been taken in Lulu Bell's place and he says he went back and... You know, she thinks about how he's given clues about how he loves time travellers and he'd been with Houdini and stuff. Mm. So she runs to catch him. and Honestly, I will say she takes a really long time to piece it together. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Um, It's not hard, but okay. Yeah. Uh, And her neighbour kind of indicates that he's gone into the TARDIS. Ruby goes in and says, oh, who are you? And he says, I'm the Doctor. That's where the episode ends. Because they all, they all have to now. Yeah. I don't know, when did that become a thing? That the first episode with any Doctor has to like, have that moment. It, not just They can't just say, I'm the Doctor to introduce themselves. They have to be like, I'm the Doctor. I don't know. It's, Eccleston didn't yeah. do it. But if like me... Uh, well, you, you had early doors. You had... Uh, uh, Hello, Rose. I'm the Doctor, by the way. Nice to meet you. Run, Run. for your life. Yeah, which is perfect. Honestly, mm. I'd, I'd love to get back to something like that. Anyway, sorry. Go on, Matt. Yeah, what were you gonna if, say? if like me, you just thought that was a good episode. Turn the TV off, only to find out everyone was going <laughs> mad about this mid-credit scene. So yeah, yeah. So I watched that for the first time tonight. Um, what so- did you think? It was okay. So one of the other neighbours is like, oh my God, oh my God, that box disappeared. And the lady next door to Rose, who is kind of, not Rose, uh, Ruby. uh, Ruby, called Mrs. Flood, if you weren't sure. Mrs. Flood uh, says, well, you never seen a TARDIS before? And this, David, is where I'm going to make my big prediction for this series. Before you do, I want to note specifically, because I, I watched it three times to make certain, she doesn't just say, never seen a TARDIS before, looking straight at the camera. After she says it, she does a little wink, a l- and there's even a little ding when she winks. Yeah, yeah. That they put in the edit. So, make of that what you will. Right. L- Go on, let big me, prediction. Let me tell you who Mrs. Flood is. Okay. Mrs. Flood is the Rani... Okay. Who we are going to see by generate into a younger version of the Rani and okay. a baby Ruby. Ruby is a Time Lord. Oh, I have never wanted you to be more wrong about anything in but your life. Why did they make. I know, obviously, like, it, it served its purpose. But why are they introducing yeah. it? This is like when we had, you know, the gender transition regeneration prior to getting yes. Jodie Whittaker. Yeah, I think I, I, I know exactly what you mean. I think yeah. we've done the opposite, where we've seen it with the Doctor first, and I think the lady that left the baby 
is the Rani, who is also Ruby. Because I think, just recently, with the gold tooth and everything, I think we've had a little bit too much master recently. I think we're going to bring back a different yeah. Time Lord bad guy. I'd be on board for a Rani reappearance. And you know what? I'd be okay with them by generating. I do not like the thought of them by generating into Ruby. Well, where are her mum and dad? There's no trace of them. Oh, yeah, that's because they're time traveling and she doesn't have a dad. It's the same person. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Yeah. We'll, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, I'm, um, I'm confident enough. I might even wager a pint of beans on that. <laughs> Okie dokie. I mean, does that mean I'd have to down one if you're, if you are right? No, you can just have your prediction about songs and music. Okay, all right. Now well, we'll see. Now here's a question, we'll... mm. right? And this is quite an important question. Now Go for it. we've recorded this episode because there was a Christmas special. Yeah. Are we coming back fortnightly from now on? I think so. It's a conversation I, I we should have had I'd prior to recording. It, it absolutely is. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I don't think I could commit to weekly at the moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I appreciate my plan was to continue fortnightly. But is this the yeah. start of us being back? <laughs> I think so, Matt. I think it is. Right. If you're if you're on board with it, yeah. I think I could I, I could, could manage do one, to do this one evening once a fortnight. fortnight. Yeah. Um, so the big question then is what we're going to do next. What did we um, do last? Did we do some Torchwood? Are we due Sarah Jane adventure? We did do some. We are. But before we get there, I don't know if you wanted to do a bit of classic. Oh, please. Yeah. Should we do the war games? Oh, now let me give me two seconds because I'm just going to access my perfectly legal Romanian streaming service. Just to see okay. if I can find Doctor Who the War Games. If you're not, get a VPN and uh, you can watch it all on iPlayer. Um, Doctor Who. Oh, there's bloody all sorts here. Series Doctor Who, Eighth Doctor, The Time War. What? What is this? Oh, that that's big finish. Right, I don't want any of this. I want the War Games. <laughs> Why isn't the one that just says Doctor Who? Don't want new... Is this it? No, that's current new Who. What's this? Here we go. Right. What season is it from? Off the top of your head. Um, oh, you're putting me on the spot now. I'm a fake fan, Matt. I'm a fake fan. I want to say like series season six. Season six. Is it the same one as the Dominators, the Mind Robber, the Invasion? The Crotons, Seeds uh, of Death, could... Space Pack, The War Games, right. I can watch there you go. episode one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten episodes. That is the number of episodes that it is. Are we watching it all in one go and reviewing it all at once, or are we doing half and half? <laughs> no, we are not. We'll do half and half, I think. Right. Five five episodes of Classic Who per, per episode seems like a reasonable amount. <laughs> yeah. Right, so I've got two weeks to watch five episodes of Patrick Troughton. Of the War Games. 
Excellent. Are you up for that, though, that, Matt? Yeah, why not? We need to do it sooner or later. We do. We do. Yeah. Let's get it done. Um, um, all right, then, listeners. That's the plan. Right. Did you, did you want to, oh, we were going to say, uh, we're going to talk about the teaser. Did you want to talk about the teaser? Uh, I mean, we can if you want. Have we got anything else to say? It looks good. Yeah. Like, I've got I've got high I, hopes. I'm cautiously optimistic. Yeah. yeah. Like I I've I've been I've spent a lot of time ragging on the uh, Christmas special this episode. But I want to be very clear. I'm excited for a new series of Doctor Who. I like the companion. I like the doctor. I'm excited to watch him go full doctor at some point. We haven't had it yet, but I'm sure we'll get it soon. Mm-hmm. And uh yeah. Can't wait. Yeah. So, see you in two weeks. See you in two weeks for the first half of The War Games. Until then, as always, thanks ever so much for listening, everyone. And until next time, cheerio. Bye now. Thank you for listening to neither the time nor the space if you wish to contact us our email address is time nor space pod at gmail.com and on twitter we are at time nor space pod and thank you to alexander urban for his smashing arrangement of the doctor who theme <laughs>